BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at bcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Thank you for joining us today on Crosstalk. We've got a Friday news roundup uh, and uh, then some here on the program today. I've got enough material before me for at least three broadcasts. Friends, there is so much that's unfolding and to understand the troublesome times in which we live. Uh, when we have the chief executive officer of our land calling for the, the killing of the unborn, when we have uh, a, a, a hockey player who has the world coming down on him because he refuses to wear an LGBT jersey for practice warm-up. I mean, it's insane what is going on. We have the World Economic Forum promoting globalism and, and uh, doing everything to bring about this, this one world government. Indeed, friends, uh, these are troublesome times in which we live, and it behooves us, A, to be serious about our faith in Jesus Christ, and number two, to make sure that we are an ambassador of Jesus Christ, that we're going about being light and sharing the gospel with others. Time is short. Time is short here upon this earth when we see so much that's converging so rapidly. The intensity is on the increase. And friends, even as we go through a number of stories today, I trust you understand it's not time to play in the sandbox. We've got to be active and busy going about doing the Lord's work and doing those things that count for eternity. Friends, I'm going to begin with a very troublesome story that just uh, came out late morning here today. President Joe Biden, this is from CNSNews.com, issued a proclamation today praising the Supreme Court's 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, which declared abortion a right, and declared this Sunday, January 22, a day to honor the 50th anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision. At the same time, he condemned the Supreme Court's 2022 decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization that overturned Roe. He said the court got Roe right 50 years ago. It was a balanced decision with broad national consensus that the majority of Americans have continued to support for the last 50 years. Nobody took the vote of the unborn babies, the preborn. And it was a constitutional principle upheld by justices, appointed by Democratic and Republican presidents alike, he said. But seven months ago, a conservative majority in the Supreme Court overturned Roe. Never before has the court taken away a right so fundamental to Americans, he said. Now, therefore, I, Joe, Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States of America, by virtue of the authority vested in me by the Constitution, the laws of the United States, do hereby proclaim January 22, 2023, as the 50th anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision. He said, I call upon Americans to honor generations of advocates who have fought for reproductive freedom, to recognize the countless women whose lives and futures have been saved and shaped by the Roe v. Wade decision. He doesn't say about all the lives that have been taken, 63 million plus. And he said to march forward with purpose as we work together to restore the right to choose. What a disgrace to our land. What a disgrace to the most vulnerable among us, the preborn, for the President of the United States to make such a proclamation. Well, FoxNews.com is reporting an investigation by the U.S. Supreme Court has failed to identify the culprit who leaked a draft court decision that signaled the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Chief Justice John Roberts called the leak an egregious breach of trust the day after the leak. He called upon the marshal of the court to investigate the situation, find the source who leaked the documents to Politico. Well, sources told Fox News over the summer that the initial focus was on some three dozen law clerks who worked directly with the justices. Those law clerks were asked to turn over their phones. Per the marshal's report, the investigation team has been, quote, unable to identify a person responsible by a preponderance of the evidence. Well, the FBI expanded their reward, tongue-in-cheek, uh, for those uh, who provide information leading to the identification, arrest, and conviction of persons involved. Now in at least 78 attacks and pro-life organizations since the leak of the Dobb decision, 
Looking at a press release here from Wisconsin Family Action, the announcement came shortly after a private investigation was launched by a network of pro-life organizations. In a Senate Homeland Security Committee hearing on November 17th, FBI Director Christopher Wray acknowledged approximately 70 percent of abortion-related threats of violence in the U.S. since he, since the Dobbs decision have targeted pro-life groups. Wisconsin Family Action was the first attack by pro-abortion activists on Mother's Day, May 8th. We interviewed Julaine Appling on on the Monday after. The following Tuesday, May 11th, a group called Jane's Revenge took credit for the firebombing and warned that more attacks to pro-life organizations throughout the country will occur unless their demand of disbanding all anti-choice establishments, fake clinics, and violent anti-choice groups within the next 30 days. Julaine Appling said, here we are. Eight months and at least 78 attacks later, and still, we have heard of no solid leads on suspects. We are grateful that lawmakers continue to push Homeland Security and the FBI to resolve the matter. We hope that the private investigation coupled with the FBI reward will lead to the arrest and conviction of the arsonists before any more pro-life organizations are attacked. We have also issued a $5,000 reward in an effort to obtain information to help close this case. LifeSite News uh, reporting on uh, Mark Houck, who is a pro-life father of seven. He's being prosecuted by the Biden administration. Well, his legal team dropped a bombshell evidence in defense of the pro-life advocate at a January 17th pretrial hearing in Philadelphia. That was earlier this week. Thomas More Society attorneys produced new evidence never before considered by a federal court that when the U.S. Congress passed the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, that's a FACE Act, that it expressly intended to exclude so-called escorts operating outside the clinic facilities from being encompassed by the FACE Act. Thomas More Society filing on behalf of how can the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania quote Senator Ted Kennedy, chief sponsor of the FACE Act. Kennedy clearly stated that clinic escorts are excluded because they do not provide reproductive health services in a facility as required under the FACE Act. The FACE Act was never intended to cover disputes between advocates on the public sidewalks outside of our nation's abortion clinics, declared Thomas More's uh, Society Executive Vice President and Head of Litigation Peter Breen. This new evidence shows clearly that Congress intended to limit the FACE Act to patients and staff working in the clinic and not to take sides between pro-life and pro-choice counselors and escorts on the sidewalk. Coming to us from the Child Protection League action out of Minnesota, the newly minted Minnesota legislature has signaled its priorities by their very first order of business. HF1, that's House File 1 and Senate File 1, will enshrine into state statute a so-called right to unrestricted abortion up to birth in Minnesota. It's called the PRO Act, Protect Reproductive Options. It states that abortion is a fundamental right and that the state may not deny, restrict, or interfere with the decision to have an abortion. It also does not recognize the humanity of intrinsic value of the unborn child and does not extend any rights or protections for them under Minnesota state law. In fact, it goes so far as to even deny protection to unborn children of pregnant women who are killed by some form of criminal assault or, or an accident. It's that extreme. And friends in Minnesota, we'd encourage you to be in contact with the Child Protection League Action uh, for more information on this, to file, uh, you know, to stay abreast of this information and the legislation that is taking place in your state. And a very, very critical information, cplaction.com. A lot involved with that issue. CBN News reporting hundreds of thousands of people in D.C. today for the 50th annual March for Life. March was established a year after the U.S. Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision established a nationwide right to abortion. This will be the first March since the high court struck the law down last June. Since then, abortion services have nearly ceased to exist in 14 states. In Texas, for example, according to the most recent state data, only three abortions were reported for the month of August, all for medical reasons. That's a 99.9% decrease from June. In years past, the route of the March for Life led to uh, the Supreme Court. This year, pro-lifers will march to the steps of the U.S. Capitol, signaling a new phase for the movement and symbolic of the work still to be done to protect the unborn at the state and the federal levels. 
Folks, an unbelievable story uh, coming out of Canada. You know, we just recently um, uh, played, maybe this is, um, I believe it's not, no, I'm sorry, it's the UK. But we just had played a clip of a woman who was praying outside a clinic, and she was apprehended on account of her prayers. Well, now from LifeNews.com, local authorities have fined a father and military veteran for praying for his son who is deceased near an abortion facility. Adam Smith Connor stood still. He was silent on the public street for a few minutes before being approached by community safety accredited officers. He had his back to the clinic in order to be mindful of the privacy of staff and attendees of the abortion facility. Video footage shows the council officers asking what he was doing. He said he was praying for his son. And uh, first they say he was praying. Well, what is the nature of your prayer? Or praying for my son. He's deceased. Well, they have a censorship zone or buffer zone that's been enforced since October 13th. The zone was implemented by local authorities through a public spaces protection order, a PSPO, that criminalizes engaging in an act or even attempted act of approval or disapproval with respect to issues pertaining to abortion services by any means. This includes but is not limited to graphic, verbal, or written means, prayer or counseling within the area surrounding an abortion uh, facility. The PSPO further prohibits religious acts, including reading scripture or even crossing oneself. Smith Connor, who's been placed on, on, uh, issued a fine on the basis of this PSPO, the council stated in their email that the fine is based on his statement that he had been praying for his son who is deceased. Alliance Defending Freedom UK is supporting him and engaged a legal trial, a legal team that is, to challenge the fine. This is amazing because they asked what he was doing there, and he said he was praying. And they then had the audacity to ask him what was the nature of his prayer. Folks, this is amazing. This is where we're going to across this nation and around the world. I mean, it's happening across seas right now, but how long before here? How long before in the United States? What is the nature of your prayer? Well, I'm praying for my son. And they wanted even more information. My son, who is deceased. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but you're violating the law by praying here. Unbelievable. Washington Stand telling us on Tuesday, New York City Mayor Eric Adams announced that a city-run clinic in the Bronx will begin to offer free abortion pills to women starting Wednesday with plans to expand the program to three more clinics by the end of the year in order to dispense the drug up to 10,000 women. Experts say that the plan poses dangerous health risk for women. The abortion pill regimen includes drugs that deprive an unborn child of uh, progesterone and causing it to die in the womb. Second drug in the uh, regimen causes intense uterine contractions that's designed to expel the baby and other embryonic tissue to complete the abortion. Uh, According to the FDA's prescription information on the abortion pill, health risks include severe bleeding, infection, uh, retaining fetal parts, the need for emergency surgery, even death. Women may also experience cramping and hemorrhage, requiring transfusions, nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain, headache, and bleeding, which may continue for up to 30 days. Between 2000 and 2001, there have been 4,207 adverse events related to chemical abortions reported to the FDA, including 26 deaths, 97 ectopic pregnancies, 1,045 hospitalizations, 603 blood transfusions, and 413 infections. And now Rite Aid has joined CVS and Walgreens that will be selling the abortion pill that kills unborn babies. We'll be back with information here pertaining to the World Economic Forum right after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, geologist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what's the source of natural gas? Chris, natural gas is a result of a variety of life processes. Even the digestion of your food produces methane gas. Methane gas is also found in volcanic eruptions and in meteorites. So it's evidently a chemical that can form under a variety of conditions. A new theory has been proposed that the huge deposits of methane gas are really the inorganic outgassing of the Earth's interior. These huge pockets of pure methane in many ways don't appear to be life gases with all the impurities that would be there. I lean to such a theory myself. God created this earth for man's good and methane is a very good part of our existence. 
It's hard to know for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me from a back to Genesis perspective. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. It's a news roundup day here on Crosstalk. Thank you for joining us, friends. Uh, troubling information uh, taking place domestically and around the world. You know, China faced a, a population decline last year, and uh, worker shortages are on the increase. I mean, they have killed some 400 million babies in China. You know that one-child policy that they instituted? Well, now the Washington Times is reporting new data released by the Chinese National Bureau of Statistics show more deaths than births in 2022. 9.56 million births, 10.41 million deaths last year, approximately 850,000 fewer people in China, according to the data. China has the largest population in the world, 1.4 billion, but its shrinking numbers are causing problems, and they are many, not to mention blood on their hands. Let's go to, uh, wow, the World Economic Forum. There is so much information to share just on this issue alone. We're going to cover just a number of matters. But uh, this from American Military News, the top leader of the UN has urged politicians to make unpopular decisions that may benefit their people in the long run after making a special address at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland on Wednesday. This is U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres, who criticized politicians around the world for caring more about polls and future elections and political power struggles than effectively solving problems. Let's listen to what he had to say. But politicians need to understand, and sometimes we are faced with these kind of challenges, It is better to take today decisions that will eventually be not popular, but it will be essential to be able to shape the public opinion itself. Isn't that interesting? It's better to take take, uh, decisions today that will eventually be not popular, but that will be essential to be able to shape the public opinion itself. Make your decisions, brainwash the people, and everything's going to be okay. Well, um, this is also an interesting clip. Uh, the CEO of uh, Moderna, pharmaceutical giant, said he wants to have an mRNA technology factory on every continent. Uh, let's see. I believe this uh, Stefana uh, Bensel said during the WEF uh, panel discussion titled State of the Pandemic, this is coming to us from CNS New, or I'm sorry, LifeSiteNews.com. That we are building a factory in Canada. We already broke ground in the fall. We are building a factory in Australia. Uh, we are going to start a factory this quarter in the UK, and we're also going to start building a factory in Kenya. We are talking to a couple more countries because I would really like on every continent to have mRNA capacity. Because the amazing thing about mRNA is you can use the same facility, the same plant, the same machines to uh, make any vaccine you want. For example, you know, last night we announced we have positive data on our RSV vaccine for phase three, with a very high 84% you know, efficacy on the vaccine. Yeah, high 84% efficacy he's touting there, but wants to get with such factory on every continent. Now, he's not the only CEO that's there, because uh, there's also Albert Borla uh, with uh, Pfizer, the Pfizer CEO, Peter LaBarber, writing for WND.com, writes that a team of intrepid conservative journalists, intrepid, I should say, journalists has provided some media accountability to a big pharma CEO attending the elite annual World Economic Forum. Uh, Rebel News, led by Canadian conservative Ezra Levant, ventured to the Swiss ski resort town where they encountered Albert Borla, CEO of Pfizer, the pharmaceutical giant that distributes a controversial COVID-19 vaccine. As Borla walked, they did an extended ambush interview with him, asking him questions that most liberal journalists would not even dream of asking. So they find him walking. They go catch up to him. You'll see them kind of huffing and puffing at times. Let me just uh, air a brief excerpt from their, their ambush interview. Mr. Borla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? 
Thank you very much. I'm sorry. To that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Yeah, you have a little bit of rain. Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Are you worried about product liability? Are you worried about myocarditis? What about the sudden deaths? What do you have to say about young men dropping dead of heart attacks every day? Well, those questions go on and on. They're walking faster and faster. Albert Borla is, as these reporters are asking question after question, have a nice day. You know, um, and he's I will have a nice day if you answer the, you know, these questions. Uh, very interesting uh, uh, interviews that went on and finally turned into a building, a restricted area where the reporters were not able to follow there. But many, many, many unanswered questions. Now, also attending there is Al Gore. At the World Economic Forum Wednesday, this is from CNSNews.com, former Vice President Al Gore admitted and touted what critics have long said about the Inflation Reduction Act, prompting Senator Ted Cruz to agree. It's not very often Ted Cruz will agree with Al Gore. We remember how uh, they had warned this is not about reducing inflation. This is all about, you know, monies for global climate change, etc., well, here is what Al uh, Gore, he, he's on video here, admitting that the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act signed into law last year is in reality mostly a climate change measure. Here's what he had to say. In my country, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is primarily a climate uh, act, $369 billion, which will actually be much larger than that because the heavy lifting is done by tax credits that uh, are very long-term, some of them actually open-ended, and the early investments that have already been triggered by it uh, give a great deal of reason, uh, many reasons for believing it's going to be much larger than $369 billion. So I'm very encouraged by that. Isn't that interesting, folks? I mean, isn't this what people warned about, that what was in this so-called Inflation Reduction Act? But it's all about dealing with global climate change related issues. And he said that the money that they're saying, no, it's going to be much more than that. Now, later, he became unhinged as he was talking. Of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had, and we need have had, and we need to make some changes. Yeah, need to make some changes, folks. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet as it relates to what is planned uh, under the auspices of the crises of global climate change. Alex Newman with us earlier. Can I encourage you to go back to crosstalkamerica.com, listen to the interview with Alex on this, this very issue, this poly crisis that we have been warned about. Well, also there is Republican Congresswoman Maria Salazar. She says at the World Economic Forum that we need to give dignity to the 13 to 15 million illegals living in the United States of America. Let's listen in. Overhaul of the immigration system, because not only we need those hands like the Congress, like us, a senator was saying, but we need to also give dignity to those people who are in the country. And those are the people that I represent. We're talking about 13, 15 million people 
who are most of them Hispanics, I would say 85%, who speak my language, look like me, and sound like me, that are contributing with the economy of this country, and they live in the shadows. So it's time to seal the border, like she said, put order, let's see who comes in and who doesn't, and then turn around and give dignity. That doesn't mean path to citizenship. That means to include them and make them dignified members of our community. Thank you. Okay, um, very interesting. Not a path to citizenship, just dignity. And uh, also there is Senator Joe Manson, Manchin of uh, West Virginia. And you know what he, one of the things he talked about was the problem of having an open press. Listen in. Uh, the problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. So if you're able to have five platforms, social platforms, that you can basically um, personify the extremes, somebody who is extremely right or extremely left, and it seems like that is the majority speaking. They're not the majority, but they're basically driving everybody to make a decision. What side are you on? Are you on this side or this side? And in America, there's only one side, the American side. It's not the Republican side or Democrat. We should be coming together to solve the problems from a different angle. Very interesting indeed. And also, and uh, this coming to us from, that was Joe Manchin, by the way, uh, the open press, a problem, and all these platforms that are out there. Um, LifeSiteNews.com tells us that also speaking of the, uh, the World Economic Forum gathering with Sarah Fate. Ellis, CEO of the LGBT powerhouse advocacy group GLAAD, explaining that her organization aims to, quote, infiltrate media and has worked really closely with Hollywood on normalizing LGBT folks, including us, in all stories. That's a lengthy article that goes on from there as she talks further about that issue. But friends, we need to wake up and understand all these executives that were there world leaders that were there, CEOs of major corporations from all across the United States are going to come back and incorporate things into their corporations and into their employees, and and on and on it filters down to you and I. From townhall.com, yeah, here's another issue. Biden's garage gate scandal keeps growing as it turns out even more documents were found at his private residence uh, last week, but their existence only discovered this past Saturday morning. Thursday afternoon, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told Americans that the search for classified documents was complete. Biden was confident in the process. Well, then Saturday, they found more. They found more. Uh, the uh, White House counsel, Richard Sauber, said in a statement that five more additional classified documents were found in Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. Uh, Washington Examiner says the Justice Department decision not to have FBI agents or other federal officers uh, uh, present as uh, President Joe Biden's personal lawyer's search for more classified documents is compelling evidence yet again of a two-tiered law enforcement. Mr. Biden's legal team discussed with the Justice Department the prospect of having FBI agents present while Mr. Biden's lawyers conducted the additional searches, reported the Wall Street Journal. Bizarrely, the Justice Department declined. Instead, deciding that because Biden's team appeared to be cooperating, it would rely on that team to conduct the expanded search unsupervised. Oh, as the fox says, hey, don't worry. No, there's there's no more foxes here in this hen house. Um, I will do the inspection. Oh, Mr. Fox, you're being so cooperative here. We won't have any oversight. You go ahead and, and you continue to do that inspection. Just let us know if you find anything. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. The rise of fentanyl overdose deaths is skyrocketing and has been the leading cause of death in adults ages 18 to 45. Street drugs have been laced with it, creating new lines of counterfeit pills. Fentanyl is 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. Sadly, many looking for their next high are experimenting with fentanyl and losing their life as a result. Addressing the issue from a biblical perspective is Mark Shaw founder of the Addiction Connection. In his 33-page booklet, Fentanyl, Mark examines many topics including pain management, what God says about drugs, why people are overdosing, 
and hope and answers from God's perspective. He addresses issues of the heart which lead many to addiction. The booklet Fentanyl is available for a donation of $6 or three copies for $15. Call VCY at 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, a Friday News Roundup. We were just talking about, uh, yeah, the classified documents. And so House Republicans have demanded visitor logs now from the Biden's home. And uh, guess what? We told by the White House counsel no visitor logs exist for Biden's Wilmington home. You know, that's his private residence. No visitor logs are there. You know, the last press secretary for Mr. Biden indicated that uh, because of all the days that he's spending in Delaware, that, no, he can do his work at home. He can do his work, you know, in D.C. He's got, uh, you know, uh, secure phone access. He's got this. He's got that. He's doing work from his home. But now all of a sudden it's 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 private. No visitor logs exist. Well, I guess there's kind of a course reversal because now here from Breitbart, the Secret Service is reportedly willing to reverse course and disclose visitor records from the Wilmington residence where classified documents were unearthed by the president's attorneys. And also from Washington Free Beacon, since uh, Mr. Biden took office in 2021, anonymous Chinese donors have poured millions of dollars to the university that houses President Joe Biden's think tank, where at least 10 classified documents were identified. Since the inauguration, the University of Pennsylvania has received $51 million in foreign funding, including $14 million from unnamed contributors in China and Hong Kong and $2.4 million from unnamed contributors in Saudi Arabia, according to Department of Education records reviewed by the Washington Free Beacon. The school also received $1 million from a source in the Cayman Islands in June to fund its Penn Wharton China program. The funding is an additional to the $61 million that the University of Pennsylvania received from Chinese donors between 2017 and 2020, which is reported by the Free Beacon. And by the way, and, and, and understand that his son, Hunter, lived in the residence where those documents were for some time. And now, reported by PJ Media, it's now tax issues are popping up because on the Schedule E portion of the 2017 tax forms, Joe Biden reported 19,800 in rents received and none in 2018, according to information reported on Sunday by Breitbart. But when filling out a background check, Hunter Biden claimed to pay a specific $49,900 rent each month to his dad. From March 2017 to February 2018, 49000 a month in rent? This is the same house where classified documents were recently found, stacked in the garage. Biden the Younger spent a year renting Biden the Elder's Wilmington, Delaware home following his divorce. Isn't that interesting? And now, also, Breitbart is reporting that Hunter Biden's monthly rent of 49910 Well, it matches a rental deposit at the House of Sweden related to the Biden family business venture with the infamous CEFC China Energy Company. Hunter's $49,910 deposit also matches the amount of money that he logged on a 2018 background check document unearthed by the New York Post, Miranda Devine. In the email on October 13, 2017, Cecilia Browning, general manager of the House of Sweden office complex in D.C., emailed Hunter about a, a lease that Hunter and his Chinese business partners were trying to terminate, according to the emails unearthed from the laptop. Well, Browning notes that the amount of the deposit, 49910 for the office space, and it would be returned to Hunter upon signing a lease termination document. It just gets murkier and murkier. By the way, from uh, WND.com, in his first press conference Thursday as the newly elected Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy said he is preparing to release the full 14,000 hours of January 6th Capitol Police surveillance video that was withheld from the public by former Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats. He said, I think the American people should actually see all what happened instead of a report that's written from a political bias. Also, just the news reports, uh, Kevin McCarthy has ended the pandemic-era proxy voting. Effective immediately, members of Congress will have to show up to work if they want their vote to count. Just think about that. Have to show up to work. Just the news also reporting the federal debt soared by $1.4 trillion in 2022. 
as uh, multiple spending packages were approved. Not a pretty picture, no matter how you look at it, said Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget. Federal debt, as we reported earlier, surpassed $31 trillion in the fall. Last week, U.S. Secretary Janet Yellen warned Congress that the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling was coming due on January 19th, that Congress had better act to increase or else. Well, from the Daily Torch, they said, well, the sun rose on January 19th, nothing happened, no default on the debt, a comet did not strike the U.S. economy, interest rates did not suddenly skyrocket. Uh, foreign nations like Japan or U.K. have held on to their stockpiles of U.S. Treasuries. Millions of Americans did not lose their jobs. Federal government workers still have their lights on. But uh, we understand that the federal government could wait another day to increase the debt limit, while Congress, and in particular the House, for which all bills raising revenue must originate, do their jobs and figure out how to rein in the size and scope of government. Also, the Department of Defense announced a major military aid package for Ukraine last evening, valued up to $2.5 billion. Lots of artillery there. Biden Trudeau, Mexican president, signed a declaration making North America more woke, reports LifeSiteNews.com. And uh, having a summit there, they uh, called it nothing more than a slideshow, but they one of the things they committed to promote racial justice and expand protections for LGBTQI plus individuals in order to deliver more equitable outcomes to all. Folks, I want to get to the story of a National Hockey League player, a National Hockey League star, who would not put on an LGBT jersey on Pride Night. This is a professional National Hockey League player, Ivan uh, Provorov, He was the only member of the Philadelphia Flyers who refused to wear a rainbow-colored jersey ahead of Tuesday night's annual Pride game against the Anaheim Ducks. The team donned the jersey for warm-up. They did not keep them on for the game. During a media scrum following the match, Provorov told journalists that his Russian Orthodox beliefs prevented him from participating in the pregame exercises. He said, I respect everyone. I respect everyone's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. He was pressed by multiple reporters for further comment. The seven-year NHL veteran simply stated, that's all I'm going to say. He swatted away another question by saying, can you respect my views? His coach, John uh, uh, Tortorelli, uh, Tortorella, that is, fully supported the decision, saying he's being true to himself and to his religion. That has to do with his belief and his religion. He said that during a post-game press conference. It's one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself. And so that's where I am with that. Well, friends, the media has come unglued. And this is what I want you to understand where our nation is going on this issue. You know, we were told just tolerate, just tolerate. No, right now you're told to celebrate and you have to promote the LGBT lifestyle. Tim Graham, writing for the Newsbusters uh, from MRC, says that progressives really cannot tolerate dissent, and especially when it comes to their LGBTQ ideology. Expressing solidarity with gay pride is not optional. Athletes who refuse to share in the solidarity should be punished, and teams that won't punish them, won't punish them should be fined. On the NHL Network, analyst E.J. Raddick trashed uh, the player who moved from Russia to Pennsylvania when he was 13, saying he should go back to Russia and fight in Ukraine. Isn't that amazing? Where's the intolerance there? Why aren't people calling him out, the the reporter? The Flyers should have responded by not allowing him to play in the game, tweeted NHL announcer Gord Miller with Canadian network TSN. Here's another. He's a shameful human being whose homophobia is only going to get more shameful over the years, said Adam Protul of the Hockey News, proclaimed he's compared his action to racism or anti-Semitism. But the gold medal for intolerance of Christians in this competition goes to Canadian breakfast television commentator Sid Cesaro. Listen to his tirade on Canadian breakfast television. Folks, it is amazing. The intolerance. The theme from the National Hockey League is hockey is for everyone. Okay? The theme is not hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless you don't believe in gay rights, then do whatever you want. If the National Hockey League is going to do this, if any league is going to do this, 
do it properly or reevaluate what you're doing. Because there's not a lot of repercussions that I'm seeing from any league. Now, it could change with the NHL. Could change with the NHL. I think you find the Flyers a million dollars for this. I'm not kidding. Figure this out and stop offending people on nights where it's not about that. It's supposed to be about inclusivity. The National Hockey League need to attack this and figure this out. Because what I heard last night was offensive and didn't make any sense. Because, for instance, if that was a military night, okay? Right. If anyone in Canada or in the States on a military appreciation night wouldn't wear a jersey pregame, do you have any idea the uproar that would have happened on that? Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea the backlash? Do you have any idea what happened on social media? It's, it's, it's ridiculous what would well, happen. It was just a minute ago we were talking about the uproar that was happening with FIFA fever, where it's, if you were seen with so much as yeah. a rainbow anywhere, you had to fear for your life, imprisonment, or death. Yeah. Seriously. So And now here we are. I, I just think the NHL has to do something here. This is not good enough. This is not good enough. Hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless, unless you don't agree with gay rights, is not the phrasing of this. You're either in this or you're not. And one last point. Nothing scares me more than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Because when you looked at people's lives, you normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. You would throw up at what you saw. And I have seen that a million times in a lot of different ways. So don't, don't give me that. With respect. Don't give me that, because no one's perfect. All right? Don't, tell me, don't, don't feed me the religious beliefs line. And all of a sudden, the NHL is going to back off this. The National Hockey League today needs to find that organization a million dollars and reevaluate how they support gay rights. Here are the intolerance, ladies and gentlemen, designed against one because of his faith. Now, he's coming from the Russian Orthodox perspective and would not put on a pride jersey for the warm-ups before a game for however minutes, many minutes that is, because he would not put it on for those warm-ups, this outrage that's being expressed against him. You see, as we've talked with Robert Knight here on the program before, and he's talked about the criminalization of Christianity and Peter LaBarber as well, look how fast this is taking place because he refused to put on an LGBT plus jersey for the warm-ups before the game even started. And it's been broadcaster after broadcaster that's been, that, that, that's been taking him to the woodshed. By the way, the Daily Caller is reporting that there is a new study out that trans patients that are unhappy with their new bodies, you know, and, and people who want to somehow reverse actions or, or understanding, okay, I really am a male or I really am a female, but they're claiming that trans patients that are unhappy with their new bodies they are suffering from internalized transphobia. We're living in a time when right is wrong and wrong is right. Mixing up light for darkness and darkness for light. Troublesome times in which we live. I'd like to open our phone lines here today on Crosstalk. If you want to comment on these or other current event stories, our phone number today, 800-733-9829. That's 800 800- Seven three three nine eight two nine. By the way, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, has resigned, announced the intention to resign from that position. We understand the elections to be held later this year. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with uh, your calls here on Crosstalk. Again, our number 800-733-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. On January 10th, 2023, the White House website and the website of the Canadian government and Justin Trudeau announced that indeed the three leaders from Canada, America, and Mexico met. And what are they discussing? Well, according to their own January 10th, 2023 press release, They're merging America, Mexico, and Canada, the North American Union. In fact, it was called a North American Declaration. 
I was interviewing Phyllis Schlafly about this 20 plus years ago. Many of us were talking about it. We were called, well, conspiracy theorists. Well, here it is. And the Republicans under George W. Bush were working on this. And now so is the Biden administration. Will this fit with Bible prophecy? The world divided into 10 regions with 10 kings who give their power to the beast? Stay tuned. It's a Friday news roundup here today on Crosstalk, and uh, wow, I've got uh, stacks of stories that would take us another program or two from Sandy, but we're going to have to call it uh, right there, and uh, we'll take some of your comments here today. Uh, by the way, uh, the mayor of New York City, uh, Adams, Mayor Adams, uh, visited the border and uh, declared uh, that his city, New York City, you know, the sanctuary city, well, we've got no room for illegal migrants during a visit to El Paso, Texas. He stressed that there's misinformation going around that New York City is where illegal migrants can obtain housing and jobs. Uh, the big city, uh, Big Apple Mirror, has uh, previously complained about the surges of illegal migrants coming into New York on transports uh, sent by Republican governors and even Democratic El Paso Mayor Oscar Leeser as well. Um, we have to give people accurate information. And and now he is calling for a national czar to manage our border crisis. I thought we had one. I, I thought the name was Kamala Harris, who has been put in charge of this. Hmm, might be mistaken. Let's go to uh, Wayne calling in from Gregory, South Dakota. Wayne, you are on the air. Thank you. Uh, I just want to make a comment on the on that hockey player. Yeah. I was wondering what, what would happen if the team owner next week wanted to have a uh, Christian night and everyone was supposed to wear a cross. Do you think that same guy that blew a gasket about the player that didn't want to wear the, the gay pride thing uh, would be just as supportive? You know, the, the hypocrisy and the intolerance of the radical left reveals their true character. They are, they're the ones that are the, truly the haters and the intolerant hmm. because all they want is for us to to uh, accept and, and uh, you know, not only accept, but uh, take, you know, joy in there. Yep, you you got to celebrate it. you got to celebrate it. you got to promote right, it. Right. Not yep. to, and just not to celebrate, you got to promote it as well. Yep, thank you. Thank you, Wayne. I just want to make that. Appreciate the call. Allison, Arkansas, you're on the air. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. There's so many scriptures that come to my mind. One is that the wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. It looks like America has forgotten God. Our uh, our Mr. Biden uh, seems to think it's okay to shed innocent blood, which is an abomination unto God. Yeah. It makes me wonder, oh, if we did have a Jonah, that for 40 days would say repent. Would the people repent is what this country needs. Wonderful Holy Ghost conviction before God sends judgment. We need the pity of God in this country. Thank you, Alice, for your call. I couldn't agree with you more. George in Olney, Illinois, you're on the air. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Today they're having a March for Life in Washington, D.C., and around some of the state capitals. Um I don't know who came up with the the term pro-life and pro-choice, but it should be pro-life and pro-death because it is a choice to do, choose life or death. Thank you. Thank you, George. Uh, Greg in Tucson, Arizona, you're on the air. Thank you very much. Um, I just applaud the courage of that hockey player. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to say, not all religious beliefs conform to America's Judeo-Christian biblical heritage, mm-hmm. and they, they cannot be put on par. For example, uh, in Hinduism, they practice sati. The wife of the dead husband must be burned alive with a husband. You know, in Islam, you can beat your wife. Well, we can't have that here. If someone says they refer to their religious beliefs, or what about Wicca, satanic worship? So... I would just take that one step further and, and, and say that we have a heritage here that cannot be violated or the, the country falls apart. Greg, thanks for the call here today. 
We've got Jerry next, West Union, Ohio. Jerry, you're on the air. Hi. I was, uh, what about our rights? I mean, I feel offended when I see two guys all over each other or two women all over each other in public. And I have to deal with it every day in yeah. this world. Yeah. But what's our, our rights about that? And and your rights don't count. I mean, that's that's the, the what comes back to us. And same with these girls who have objected to boys who are identifying as girls being in their locker rooms and showers and restrooms. They are told, well, you you know, you've got the problem, not those that are coming into your, your locker room, restroom or shower. I mean, they're basically saying put a sign on the bathrooms. All bathrooms are open to anybody who wants to go in it. Uh, that's what it is. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Tony in Charleston, Illinois. Tony, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. Thank you. Hey, uh, we just need to remember, church, <laughs> we read the back of the book. <laughs> we win. Yes. We are overcome by our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And we, Jesus said, you know, if you're persecuted for my name's sake, great will be your reward in heaven. Stay true to the Savior, folks. We're living in exciting times. They're troublesome times, but he gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And thank him every day that we do have a sound mind, that we can see the difference between right and wrong. We know what's right, and we know if we stand for him, great will be our reward in the kingdom of heaven. You guys keep up the good work. God bless everybody that's listening. Support the stations. Support Christian radio like this. And, and exalt the name of the Savior. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call here today. We're out of time for additional calls here, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, just want to mention, too, yes, there is good news as well. The Christian Post reporting a federal court has ruled that Christian colleges and universities with traditional views on sexuality and marriage can continue to receive funding through the Title IX, rejecting LGBT students' efforts to strike down a religious exemption to a federal discrimination law. And also, friends, you know what's catching fire in a number of uh, areas? Pastors' Story Hour. Yes, where they're holding drag queen story hours uh, in in, uh, libraries and so forth. Pastors getting engaged and having a pastor story hour and uh, getting together and uh, speaking to kids, reading biblical truth to them. Well, friends, I'm reminded here in closing from Isaiah 520, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Whenever we see a woe in Scripture, folks, it's not good, not good to violate what that warning is. And I trust that even today, as we share these stories with you, that it serves as a warning as to where our culture is and the importance of letting our light shine for Jesus Christ in such a time as this. And if you're listening today and you've not placed your trust in Jesus Christ, oh, friends, see the signs that are happening. Time is short here upon the earth, and we encourage you to place your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried, and rose again the third day. Our time is gone here today. Friends, thanks for tuning in to Crosstalk. I trust this Lord's Day you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.